this summer I'm uh, fortunate enough to be able to travel uh, a lot on, on the dime of the Trinity Lutheran Seminary, actually. Um, I have a job where I am the ambassador to Lutheran Outdoor Ministries uh, for Trinity Lutheran Seminary. So it means I get to travel to church camps all across the country and talk to camp staff about what it might be like to come to seminary and uh, what the seminary process looks like. I've had uh, two camps I've gone to so far, one out in Colorado, way out in the Rocky Mountains, and another way up in northern Michigan. And so far, um, all the camps I've gone to have been right in the middle of their staff training, right in the middle of those couple of weeks before any of the campers come, when all of the staff is coming in from all different places, and they're learning how to do this job that they've got themselves signed up for. Uh, I've met people from all different places, from all walks of life. There have been uh, counselors and backpacking guides and program directors that have come from as far away as California, Florida, Mexico City, from uh, I think Tanzania, even one, and all over the place. And it's been really neat to see all of these different people coming together. Um, but what's interesting to me is despite all of the different backgrounds these people have, all of the different places they're coming from, all of these first-time counselors and program directors and the lifeguards, all of the people coming in for the very first time, they have one thing in common. They're all terrified. <laughs> and, and you could probably see why. Um, so many of these kids, really, they've only had maybe a year of college. Some of them have just graduated high school. They're just learning how to kind of be on their own and take care of themselves. And now someone's telling them that they're going to spend 10 or 12 weeks taking care of 8 to 10 middle school or elementary kids. That's a pretty scary thing, especially for parents, I think, too. Um, <laughs> but they're all nervous and worried, and they're wondering what's going to happen with the rest of the summer. And I think, really, the reason they're so scared, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the kind of technicalities of what they have to do. It doesn't have to do with making sure kids go to bed or wake up or making sure they're on time. I think there's something more to it than that. You see, each and every one of these counselors and directors that are coming into camp, they're not just doing another summer job. They're not just doing something to help them make money or to help them have something to do during the summer. There are a lot of easier ways to make money than being a camp counselor. But for them, the summer, I think they can tell, is going to be something that's really going to change who they are and how they think about themselves. It might even change some of their careers. It did for mine. But for them, it's going to change how they see themselves, how they talk with their friends, how they think about what they're going to do, and even how they think about God. For so many of these kids, it's going to be like they have a completely different life when they're done with camp. And that can be a really scary thing because when you have that coming up, you don't know what's going to be coming next. You don't know what the next year or two years or three years might look like. I think this is something that's probably not unique to church camps. We have points in our lives all of the time when we reach these moments that we're so excited about something new happening, but terrified at the same time. I think you can see it in some of our high school graduates when they're trying to figure out, what do I do next? I've just finished school, but where do I go? That can be a terrifying moment. You can see it in a bride and groom standing up at an altar, pledging the rest of their lives to each other, getting ready to spend an entirely different life, a new life together. 
but they have no idea what that's going to look like. It's a terrifying, terrifying moment. You can see it again later when a family is expecting their first child or a new child, a new life. There are so many things to be worried about and to be afraid of and to be nervous about, and yet we're celebrating at the same time. Even later in our lives, you can have those months and weeks leading up to a retirement after a long career, not knowing where you or your loved ones will go, what you'll do, what you'll spend your time on. All of these moments are amazing and wonderful, and there are times when we grow and develop as people and when new things happen, but they're terrifying all at the same time. I think in our gospel lesson today, we get to see one of those moments. In this lesson, Jesus shows up at a town called Nain, and he shows up just as there's a funeral procession out of the town. There's a man whose life is literally over, being carried out, and his mother, who has no one left to care for her, wondering what it is she'll do, where it is she'll go, what's going to happen. But in just one tiny instant, in one little phrase, Jesus changes all of that. Jesus raises this man. A person who was dead comes alive. And I think it's interesting because as Luke writes this story, the very next thing after the man rises from the dead that Luke tells us is not that people praised and glorified God or they worshipped Jesus or anything like that. The very next thing Luke says is all of them were seized in fear. This is a scary moment for all of these people, for the man, for the woman, for the crowd who's gathered around, because what Jesus has just done has turned their worlds upside down. Dead people are not supposed to come back to life. It's a wild, crazy, radical thing that's happening here. Jesus has changed the life of literally everyone who saw that happen the life of the man, the life of the woman, and the lives of all those people who now have to rethink what it is that's possible. They have to rethink who it is that Jesus might be, and they have to rethink who God is and what God can do. This story that we have is an amazing one, but I don't think it's just a story that's about uh, some man who was raised to life 2,000 years ago. I think this is a story about us. When we're called to be Christians, when we come into a community like this, we talk about death and resurrection all of the time. That's our story, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The Apostle Paul tells us that as Christians, we're called to die daily to sin and to be risen again in new life in Jesus Christ. When we get baptized, when we baptize our children, we use water not just because it's a wonderful thing and a wonderful, wholesome way to do a baptism, but because that water symbolizes death and drowning. When we're baptized into the church, it's a symbolic death of everything that has held us back, of all of our sins, of who we used to be, so that we can be raised again in new life in Jesus. When I read this gospel lesson today, I hear Jesus not just calling to that man, but to each and every one of us saying, get up, rise up, live again. Each and every one of us are called right here and right now to new life, to lives that challenge us
to put God in control of where we go. In lives that have us caring more about others than we care about ourselves. In lives that send us back out into the places we work, into the places we live, into all the relationships we've formed as new people in God every single day. And that's a powerful thing. But it can also be terrifying. If we put God in control, we don't know where we're going to be going. We don't know where God is going to take us. It's hard to let go of that control. And it can be scary. This new life that Jesus calls us to isn't one that promises that we're always going to be rich or we're always going to be happy or that people are always going to like us. But it is a life that gives us something really amazing. It's a life that puts us out in the world in places where we get to catch a glimpse of what God is doing. It's a life that helps us to see what God is doing in our lives, in the lives of our families and our friends, and in the whole world. It's this life that gives us a glimpse of the future, of the future that God is creating, not just for us or for our congregation, but for the whole world. And it's this life that we're called to as Christians. It's a scary thing. But we're called and we're sent out into this new life every single day. And we're not called alone. We're sent out into this world from communities that love and care for us. From people like the ones that are around you right now. When we gather together to worship God, we're not just gathering to praise and thank God for all the things that God has done. But we gather together to help challenge and to help push one another to trust in what God has planned for each of us. We gather together to help and to care for one another as we each try and live that new life we've been called to. As we're sent out, we're not sent out alone. We're sent out in the midst of our families and our friends, in the midst of communities that love and care for us. And we're sent out not by a God who is content to watch that all play out from far away, but we're sent out by Jesus Christ, by God who walks with us every step of the way, and by God who has been all of those places before. As we go out today, we go and leave this place with Jesus Christ walking with us, Jesus Christ forgiving us as we stumble and as we struggle, and Jesus Christ who promises not just a new life, but a life eternal. And when we see that, we can see that there's nothing left to be afraid of anymore. Amen.